This week on the Baseline Podcast, Josh is back from his hiatus, and we talk about, well, the NFL, college football, and of course, postseason baseball. We first talk about the NFL. We talk about the Browns' lackluster of a game. Talk about some other news going around with CJ Stroud, what's going on with the Bears, and so much more. We also focus on college football. What's happening with all the big teams, the top 10 teams? Is there legit a number one team, or are we looking at a lot of good teams? And then we finish up by talking about postseason baseball, who's going to win it all, and who are our MVPs and Cy Youngs. All that and so much more coming up on the Baseline Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Baseline Podcast. I'm Ben, and yes, that is Josh. He is back, back. from his hiatus of a week. Um, Aaron Lynn did a terrible job, so he fired him. I'm kidding. Aaron, <laughs> you did a phenomenal job. You always speak way more eloquently than I do, and you make me sound... Like I need to study a little bit more when it comes to sports stuff, but Hey, Aaron did a great job. Um, I'm sure Josh was appreciative of having someone fill in. So it it just didn't happen last week. How are you doing, Josh? I should ask that. I should ask that. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing good. Um, Got to sit down and watch a little bit more college football this weekend than what I have uh, up to this point. And football in general, I I watched a lot of bad football this weekend, Ben, I don't know about you, but it started (laughs) off with high school Friday. We had a, I saw you at a game. I saw you at a game. We had a matchup of a state ranked versus state ranked, uh-huh. the two best teams in the in the SBC conference up here in Northern Ohio, and uh, the gap between uh, the two was astronomical, like forty nine to fourteen. We're talking about. Well done, Perkins High School, by the way. Uh, then you go into Saturday, and I'm watching Georgia struggle with Auburn. Brock Bowers putting the team on his back, and then I watched that that joke of a. Defensive Just performance between Ole Miss and LSU after that. That was, that was awful. And that on was... top of it, had to listen to Robert Griffin the third commentate it. Oh, dude, Robert Griffin. I, I want to just say this right now. I'm, I think you'll agree with me. Robert Griffin the third should never be allowed to commentate a game. Like, he doesn't add anything. He every now and awful. then just says something wild and out of pocket, borderline inappropriate for TV to keep himself relevant. Yeah. And it's just, it's just, it's so bad. The only thing he said good all weekend was that CJ Stroud might be the quarterback one of the class. That was the only smart thing he said all weekend. And it wasn't even on TV. It was on Twitter. But uh, no, I agree with you. I watched a lot of football. No, actually, I didn't watch a ton because Ohio State didn't play. And as Josh knows, when Ohio State doesn't play, I tend to not watch a lot of football. It's like my free weekend where I kind of just do other things. I didn't have football this past weekend. There's no personal football games for me to coach or anything. Um, we, I, I will say that the, I wish I could have watched the high school football game because good old West Liberty, which Josh uh, you know, visited, the old West Liberty Salem faced a state-ranked team. They're ranked eighth, West Liberty. They faced the third-ranked team in West Jeff, which are the top two teams in OHC. And the final score, Josh, was 63-47. to 47. 63 to 47. The starting running back for West Liberty, I believe, had 17 carries for 220 some yards. Their starting quarterback had 300 some yards passing. It, I've never seen a West Liberty team only throw the ball like a handful of times, you know, 12, 13 times, and they just decided to run it even when they were down like 15 points. Um, so yeah, that was kind of cool to follow as, as it was happening. And then, uh, Obviously, no Ohio State game this this past Saturday, so I didn't do much. Then Sunday, I attempted to watch the Browns game, which we'll get into, um, of how demoralizing, depressing that was. Um, but yeah, that sums it up. I'll, obviously, also the Guardians and the Reds seasons finished because, you know, they just 
can't seem to pull that through. Um, but this, we will be talking about baseball. I know I've had people ask me if we're ever going to focus on baseball again. I'm like, listen, people, it's fall. All right. And when our teams aren't good, we tend to not want to talk about it. All right. It brings bad experiences. <laughs> but no, we're going to start with the the NFL. Um, kind of because there was more NFL games that were more intriguing, I guess, than uh, than college football games. Um, so let's start with the biggest sore on our backs over this weekend, Josh. And that was yeah. the Browns. And I just before I say my take, because I had some lovely Ravens fans text me during the whole game and I really that just boiled me over. Give me your take on the game. And I think we both can say that we weren't thinking it was going to be a win after we heard the news before the game started. Maybe that was just me. Say it again. No, I was saying is, is that I think what I'm saying is that before the game started, we hear about Watson, right? We hear about Watson. Yeah. The, the yeah, shoulder the, issue. The, he has the shoulder really issue. So I'm saying all is, week, but yeah, he said that he was exactly. going to play on Friday. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, is that we didn't know what was going to happen. So before that, you know, before the game started, I think we both could probably agree once we heard that Watson wasn't going to play, that maybe it wouldn't go as well as what we thought. Yeah. And I think that's uh, what people are mostly upset about is it sounded like Watson was going to play all week. Yeah. He said that Friday, but then you get to the the day of the game and he can't throw a pass farther than 10 yards when he's on the field. So he sits out, but medically cleared. So I don't, I don't really know what medically cleared means anymore, but it did look like a team without its starting quarterback yeah. and without its starting running back. The offense got nothing going on. Baltimore looked like they were in total control the whole game. Uh, our defense cleaned up a little played bit okay. in the second half. They played okay. But, yeah, Baltimore for the most part. I mean, Lamar Jackson made a lot of good throws. Mark Andrews made a lot of great catches. That catch, had a that lot catch of good runs. two dudes was unreal. Yeah. That was unreal catch. Yeah, Lamar. Lamar's a great quarterback. I don't care what anybody says. But, yeah. yeah, on the Cleveland end, I think, I mean, we looked like a team without its starting quarterback and starting running back straight up. Yeah, I, I think, okay, I'm just going to be honest. Ford is not the answer at running back. Can you agree with me on that, Josh? Because this, this is now two weeks where I'm like, this dude is not, he's not doing anything that's going like, this is our number one. Or, or is it, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me. What are your thoughts on that? Because he definitely didn't look like running back one at all in that game. And it could be offensive line as well, but I think it's a lot with him as well. Yeah, maybe maybe a little bit with the offensive line. I know Jedrick Wills already has, I think, as many pressures allowed as he had given up all last season. Yeah. So that's off to a good start. But the other thing, too, is like when DTR is playing as bad as he is, you know that the team wants to run. So Baltimore can, you know, yeah, stack sure. up yeah. and force the pass. And any and Cleveland, for the most part, is always a team that plays the best when they can run the football. That's yeah. Uh, I mean, what Nick Chubb does for you, and we don't have him now. So uh, if you're going to have a lesser talented running back, obviously you got to have a quarterback that can open up that run. you got to have a strong offensive line. And mm -hmm. right now, at least on Sunday, we didn't have really either, it looks like. Yeah, and I think even DTR, like, and we'll, we'll talk about DTR here in a second, but. I miss Josh Dobbs. I'll just say yeah, that. that I, I was actually, that was my next Words question. Words I didn't expect to say. That was my next question was I was going to ask, like, do, do the Browns regret trading him for a fifth round pick when like, and, and I said this to, to a couple of my buddies, uh, Browns fans that are my buddies. And 
I said, this is a risky trade. Josh Dobbs proved himself in Tennessee last year at the end of the year. They, the Browns signed him back. They lost Brissett. What do we know with Brissett? He was able to get the job done because he'd been there. He'd done that. Josh Dobbs showed that at the end of the last year, he can do it. Preseason, he showed a little bit. But I, I, I don't know if the Browns, like they, they put way too much on Dorian Thompson Robinson and what he did in the preseason against third string dudes, second string dudes. Like he was facing a legit defense and he looked like a rookie quarterback that was getting, you know, a deer in the headlights. Look, man, like every time he threw the ball, I was like, could be picked, could be tipped. You know, he'd run the, you know, then they, then they had stupid Moore. who, Oh my goodness, Elijah. Oh my word. He ran 20 yards backwards. I, like I'm tired of him. And I had a couple other radio guys say this too. I'm tired of him trying to make plays when just dude, take the loss. Take the four. You you might get a touchdown out of that. You might get a you know a better a better angle at things. But it's just like all, all these Browns, they want to make plays, make plays. And it's like, guys, just take what's given to you. Um, so to me, yeah, Dorian Thompson Robinson looked like a guy that was just he kind of did you know what he reminded me of, Josh? He reminded me of that kid, you know, that that joins basketball. That joins basketball like in, you know, in your you know, junior year of high school. It's that kid that's a junior with you. And he's never played before, but like, you know, he's a good athlete, but he just, he doesn't get it. And I, it looked like Dorian Thompson Robinson just did not get it. Um, it, Do you have anything to add to that? Like, do you have any thoughts on like, you know, any good things you saw, or is it just really like this guy's just very raw? Definitely very raw being a fifth round pick and all. Uh, And I don't know if we win the game if Josh Dobbs is playing quarterback, but I know over at Arizona, he doesn't have any interceptions, and he's like the fifth or sixth highest in completion percentage this season. So definitely could have managed the game a lot better, maybe opened the run a little bit. I don't know what Dorian's stats were, but I don't think we finished with 100 total passing yards. I mean, it was pretty bad. I think we finished like right over 100, I think it was. Um, And I know like running the ball, we finished – yeah, we finished at like 90 – something or something like that but that was because of yeah. a 40 yard run at the end of the game that had nothing to do with anything uh, right yeah the but, offense just looked bad yeah the other thing too is like yeah this one sucked but we were in this situation with baker mayfield with the torn labrum and he wasn't good to play and they threw him out there anyways and you look bad because of it so uh, it fits the sean watson with something that's actually an issue with any his throwing shoulder i'm okay with and you got the bike that's what i was going to lead into is like so you got this game to sit out i mean i hate losing the game at home with in the, the division but if he can't throw farther than 10 yards then i don't feel good throwing him out there anyways but we get this game we get the bye week and then he can come back the next game uh ready to go and the schedule for ahead of us doesn't look too difficult either as it well, may initially have at the start of the season so yeah i mean you got the 49ers right after the the bye which is not looking like that's the that's that the big one. This yeah. is the thing, and I and I, I wanted to say something about the defense before we move on. The, I want everyone to be clear. Like I, the defense, the defense was not helped with some of the, I guess stupid. I don't know. You know, some of the bad. Uh, you know, the interceptions that gave them basically on the ten yard line. The Ravens they were going to score anyways, right? Like so. For the most part in the second half, I agree with you, Josh. The defense cleaned some things up. Like I, again, they did kind of. Lamar Jackson did Lamar Jackson things and he does what he always does with the Browns and runs all over them. Um, it does show me that the weakness for those Browns is when there's a mobile quarterback. Like I'm, I'm already starting to see how this is going to start playing out. Like, again, if you look stat wise, 
the the Browns are still a top five defense. Um, I just think that they need to really clean up some of these little things like, you know, stopping the run on option plays, you know, stopping these mid the mid range passes was killing them. Not the necessarily the deep balls, not necessarily the short pass. It's this mid range to Mark Andrews. A lot of these other guys are just finding gaps and spaces uh, within the defense. Um, give me your thoughts on the defense. Is there anything that you saw? It was like blatant, like red flag, or was it like, Hey, let's just clean some things up. And I think you're going to be all right. Yeah. I, th- I think this is, when I was watching the game, it's like, this is the longest the defense has been on the field. It seems like, but when you get to the, the box scores and stuff, Cleveland actually had possession of the football, I think longer than Baltimore did, if I remember right. And I was yeah, like, I well, it, it sure didn't feel like it no. from watching the game, but a lot, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of possessions, a lot of punts, a lot. And some of that's because we cleaned things up, like you said, in the second half. So Baltimore wasn't uh, moving the ball as quickly, maybe, but I, I feel okay about the defense still. And the defense, have, line, defense line played pretty well. Like Garrett had a sack, I believe. Um, There's a couple other guys that had sacks as well. So it wasn't like they weren't getting to the quarterback. It's just I, I think Lamar Jackson has such a quick release that it's very hard to get to him. When he wants to let that ball out, he lets that ball out. Yeah. Yeah. So Lamar's uh, good. Yeah, look, dude, I, and I, I am, I'm with you with like people that still say he's a running back. I'm like, dude, this dude's a legit quarterback. Like, he's just a freak athlete. He's, a, he's, you know, we, we would, be, we'd be saying the same thing about Hertz if, you know, we would say similar things about him if Lamar Jackson hadn't come in the league yet because it's basically what what Hertz is. Maybe not as good of a runner. But he's still that kind of quarterback, but he maybe a little more developed in passing. But again, we forget Lamar Jackson is the former MVP. Like, yep. there are moments when I hope that Watson can be half of what Lamar Jackson is. Can we just get part of old, you know, Watson back? Um, yeah, it's interesting. I know there's also rumors of like drama going on between Stefanski and Watson. I don't know if that's any true or anything. Um, but let's let's before we go into this coming week with the Browns, are there any other games you wanted us to, uh, to talk about uh, from this past week in the NFL that kind of shocked you, or maybe you said, "Wow, this team is is really legit." After you know four or five weeks of football, there were a handful of uh, maybe drastic turns of events, like the Miami Dolphins only scoring twenty dude, points know, that coming was off so that weird, seventy point dude. game. That was a weird game. They got they got their butts handed to them. By yeah. the way, AFC East has beaten everyone. Like each team has beaten each team. Like it's or like okay. everyone's beat one team, so it's kind of an open race. Yeah, uh, another great week for Devin A. Chain in fantasy football, though I've played him <laughs> both weeks, and you're so, racking up them points. Yeah, only only won one of those games though, so it's not need a little bit more performers than just him. But that was one that I thought was interesting. The what other about the one, Bears? what about the Bears? I mean, they that blew was the game. what I was just going to bring up yeah. the. Justin Fields he had the good. game of his life, and good, it man. still wasn't enough to beat Denver. What do you think with as the bad Bears? As Denver's been? What do you What do you think with the Bears? Do you think it's like? Do you think oh they move on from they tomorrow? Just Fields personally, I believe that Justin Fields just doesn't have enough around him. Like that. That's my my feeling. But again, I, I think hear this your is take. the most help he's had around him his whole career, and it's still one of the worst seasons he's had. I mean, yeah. you've seen the tape that everybody's yeah. been replaying from last week, where there's open receivers down the field wide open and he's even looking at them and then doesn't pull the trigger and just takes sacks instead. Yeah. So I'm starting to think it might be a little more of a him thing. And I know it's going to suck for Ohio state fans to hear that, but I, I don't think Justin Fields no. is that good. He's a, he's a great athlete, but he's not a good quarterback. No, I, 
I, but I think, you know, and I'll, I'll defend him here for a second. Like, again, I, I'm not going to disagree with you. Like he has not been good by any means. Like he ran the ball. Great. Awesome. I mean, he ran for over a thousand yards last year. Great. Um, I think too, that he just needs that. I, I think Chicago's just such a hard place to play quarterback, to be honest with you. Right. Like, do I think he could be better in other places? I think, you know, I, I heard someone say like, if you took, if you took, uh, um, Justin Fields and you put him in like New Orleans or you put him in, you know, San Francisco, like maybe his numbers look better because of the people that are around him. Maybe he develops a little bit more. I don't know. Again, I don't think that the front office, I don't think the coaching staff has helped him over the last few years. Now you could say like, he's had all the help he can get this year. The offense line still sucks. So I, to me, to me, it's that weird balance. I, I agree with you to an extent, like he's not as good as I think what people thought he was going to be coming to the league. But I do believe that there there needs to be a little bit of an overhaul, like, you know, maybe run the ball a little bit more, not him running it, but run the ball a little more, create some ideas. You know, you have Cole Komet. You need, I don't think DJ Moore has necessarily been that guy necessarily this year yet. So, again, I've seen the video as well as you have. It looks bad when you, you think about how good he was in college because I think me and you agree. He was amazing in college. He was phenomenal. Um but like you've said before on this show, there are many college quarterbacks that just don't translate to the NFL. And and maybe that maybe that's Justin Fields. Um, but I, I think you have to give him maybe one more this year, and then you kind of play out his contract, and then you see what happens. At least that's my thoughts. Yeah. Uh, the other game that I thought was crazy was the Rams-Colts game. I think the Rams... We're entering like late in the third, early in the fourth, shutting out the Colts. They were up three scores, and then it was a game that the Rams did manage to win, but it took overtime. Like Colts ended up making the huge what about comeback their rookie, at the end. What about their rookie wide receiver, man? That Nakua is is phenomenal. Puka Nakua, that dude's phenomenal. Where's he even from? Yeah. Is he from Bo- Boise? No, Hawaii? No, I don't know what school he went to. BYU. I think I bet it's BYU. I want to bet it's BYU. I'm going to look it up right now. I bet it's BYU. What are you going to say? I'm going to say right. BYU. I'm going to be I don't Hawaii. know. I mean, it sounds like he could be from Hawaii. I don't know. Let's see. BYU. That's right. Yep. Played at Washington and then BYU. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to thank you. Tip my cap to myself. But no, I go ahead. Finish what you were saying about the uh, the, the game. Yeah. Uh, I guess valiant effort on the Colts end and Anthony Richardson for making it interesting. But I'm surprised that uh, that ended up being as interesting as it was. What's your, like same... What's your thoughts on Anthony Richardson? What's your thoughts on Anthony Richardson, by the way? How do you feel like he's done the first, you know, few games he's played in the NFL? Shocked you at all? A little bit. The the passing numbers are maybe about what you'd expect, but uh the rushing has definitely helped and translated over. He's gotten some some short yardage touchdowns and stuff. Uh nothing to draw conclusions from yet, but there's been other quarterbacks that have sucked more than him in their rookie yeah. seasons. Speaking but. of rookie seasons, CJ Stroud. What let's talk about the Houston Texans. No one I think thought the Houston Texans would be two and two after four games. Um CJ Stroud set the record for most passing attempts in their first whatever four games without an interception. A couple other things he's he's like second most passing yards through the first four games behind Cam Newton. Hasn't, you know, he's he's done a pretty good job with a very bad offensive line and a, not a great wide receiver core. 
What's your thoughts on the Houston Texans and specifically CJ Stroud? As we've we've debated all all spring long, Josh, who was QB one? Was it Bryce Young or was it CJ Stroud? What's your thoughts with CJ Stroud right now? And maybe you can throw Bryce Young in there as well. Yeah, I think I, I think CJ's playing out to be the the best quarterback of this class, like we thought, but yep. I didn't think that he would have this much success this early just because we had talked about Ohio State how over there, he had two tackles in Dewan Jones and Paris Johnson that didn't allow a single sack or maybe like, even not even a single pressure. Yeah. The whole much, his yeah, whole final season. Yeah. He was throwing to wide receivers like Jackson Smith and Jigba and Marvin Harrison and Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave while he was over there. And he's gone to Nico Collins and Tank Dell, who yeah. nobody's cared about at any point of their football careers, really. Yeah. And he goes to the Texans has those receivers, like you said, the below average offensive line, and he's finding success. It's like the opposite of Justin Fields, honestly. Yeah. So, I mean, tip, tip the cap to CJ for uh, being able to be this successful this early, given the circumstances. And if you're a Houston Texans fan, you got to feel good about uh, maybe being able to put some talent around him over the next couple of years and see what kind of quarterback he could become. But off to a good start for sure. And Will Anderson also having a great start to his rookie year as well on the defense side of the ball. Um, what's your thoughts on Bryce Young? I know Bryce Young has maybe not had the start he's wanted. I think he, I think he had the more of the chance to have a better start to his year because he, I think, had a little more talent around him when it came to wide receivers and stuff like that. What do you think of Bryce Young? Do you think it's just kind of slow start, or do you think it's this is maybe what we're going to see throughout the year? I'd, I'd lean on the slow start side of things. I think he's he's a good enough athlete and a smart enough player that he can improve off of this and the Panthers maybe kind of like how the Bears had made an effort to get um, more talent around him, but it still wasn't like A-level. It was like they went out and got Hayden Hurst and Adam Thielen and Miles Sanders, who are yeah. maybe good, not great guys to put around, but better than what they had before. So, yeah, uh, yeah I, I'm i never going to give up on a kid in his first season. But, yeah, Bryce, it hasn't been it hasn't been uh, exciting yet, but yeah, I don't think it's – anything that you got to be like shoot we we got a bust over here he could yeah. still turn out good but i don't think he'll ever be as good as what cj strad is going to be any other player performances team that you want to talk about for week you know this this past week week four of the nfl season that stuck out maybe just a moment of silence for daniel jones because he got sacked 11 times i believe this week <laughs> dude dude the 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 Rookie is a Weatherspoon from Illinois had a field day with Daniel Devin Jones. Weatherspoon. Yep, he made. Dan, I'm just sorry. They paid him how much again, Josh? How much? How much did they pay him this offseason? Four years, 160 million, so a 40 million a year average. Oh. I know the whole offensive line is pretty much injured, and bad, Saquon Barkley hasn't been playing. But if you're going to make 40 million dollars, I feel like you got to. Do a little more than what he's done, or not throw because the ball. they're yeah. they're paying you as if you are a reason for their wins. Yeah, instead of throwing the ball on a five yard out on the goal line, you throw it inside the receiver, which is just the worst placement for for an NFL quarterback. Like, come on, like we expect DTR to do that for the Browns because you know he's just started a career. But Daniel Jones, you're supposed to be the guy. Um, and Dayball just about lost against him, man. I, that was that that interaction was everything. It was just yeah. Like, I don't think many quarterbacks would succeed in uh, with uh, 
that offensive line right now, but no, still, dude. it's like if you're 40 million, you got to do better. Yeah, and like no Barkley, and I don't know if Barkley wants to come back anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, good that that team, but the the Seahawks have looked pretty well, good as well. Like that defense is is pretty good. Or how about even Mac for the the Raiders having six sacks, by the way, in a game, absolutely phenomenal. I mean, he hmm. went. I think he only had one sack coming into the game and has six of them. I mean, Mac is just he's he's back to his old self. Which is Maybe. Oh, no, he, yeah, he plays for the yeah no, he plays for the Chargers now, right? No, it was a, yeah against the Chargers. Sorry, it was against. The I Chargers. mean, against the Raiders. Yeah, it was against the Raiders. Yes, he for the Chargers. He plays against the Raiders. Sorry, yep. My my brain got switched there. It was his old team, but uh, yeah, so he had six sacks, which was pretty impressive, I guess, as well. Um, there was a lot of crazy things going on. Baker Mayfield looks like prime Baker Mayfield again. Somehow, I I don't know where that's come from, but Josh. Maybe he was right. Maybe Josh was right all those years ago when everyone was counting out Baker Mayfield and Josh was sitting there like, this is our guy. I never thought he was a bad quarterback. I mean, he looked bad in his last season in Cleveland with the injury and the That's true. offensive scheme that I don't think was set up for him. But if you can put, put some guys around game, yeah. him and you can also, I mean, a little bit of it is because the games that he's played really good in have been against teams that aren't so great. So yeah. that's also helping and something that, it's kind of been true about Baker Mayfield all the all of his career, but it's it's. I mean, the Bucks got to feel uh, feel good about what they got at quarterback at least right now. It's more than what we thought. They're three and one right now. Yeah, I thought they might be in contention for the first pick in the draft. And and, and I think another thing too that is I think kind of shockwaves is uh is um uh what's his face now I forget his name. Oh no, McCaffrey. There we go, McCaffrey for 49ers. I mean, he's looked like the MVP. I mean, he's he has the most rushing yards in the NFL right now. He had a great game, a four touchdown game uh, this past week. I mean, he he looks like the guy that I think everyone thought he was going to be in Carolina, and it just shows you when you put him in an offense that's deadly with a bunch of other weapons, man that 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 makes it really costly. And that's what I'm very worried about the Browns. Obviously, we'll preview that game next week, but uh, didn't that worry you a little bit? Josh, when you look at that offense, and there's like they have Brock Purdy, but they have about seven or eight other guys that can they can cause damage. Yeah, you you can't count the 49ers out. I think a lot of people forgot about them coming into this season for some reason. It's like no, the 49ers are one of these teams that's going to always be a contender. Yeah, up there with because the Eagles, of all those guys the have done well as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, the only other thing I think we want I wanted to briefly talk about before we move to college football is did you realize now too that the Bears with that loss have the number one and number two pick for this uh, upcoming draft? Could we see a Caleb Williams Marvin Harrison Jr. connection going to Chicago? Could we see hmm. it happen? Now what, I think that's a possibility. If if they're sitting there with the number one pick and they go Justin Fields, Caleb Williams, Justin Fields, Caleb Williams, they might go pull the trigger. Some team might trade for just Justin Fields, give him a shot. I don't know. It's it's what people thought the Cardinals might do because they could have very well had the first or the second pick. But the Texans are playing a little better than a first or second pick team right now. And I guess the Cardinals, to an extent, they might still be in the mix at the at the end of the season still. They're not playing that bad. Um, That's what we love about the game of football. So moving on from the NFL, let's go college football. Josh, no Ohio State game, so I, I said at the beginning of the show, so it was a little less for me to watch or at least desire to watch. Um, but let's go over some of the big games. What are some of the things that you thought of before the show started that you're like, man, we're going to talk about, break this stuff down. What do you got? 
Yeah, I want to talk, I guess, about Brock Bowers first. I don't know if you got to watch the Georgia or the Auburn game, but that's watch that. yeah. two games now that we've seen Georgia, I think, trail. Uh, and they're still maybe going in into the, the second half. Hmm. Um, yeah, and then, I mean, Brock Bowers puts the team on his back. They end up winning the game, but I was just going to lead that into there really hasn't been any team that really looks elite no. at all. No. Uh, Georgia struggling against... No, those unranked teams, they're, I mean, they're going to play Kentucky this week, I guess, and they're favored by 14 and a half. And I mean, Kentucky, I, I know they're undefeated, but I don't think very highly of them all that much. Then you got uh, Texas, who does have the win over Bama, but Bama's not looking like normal Bama teams. Plus, they got wins over Kansas and Baylor, but they had their backup quarterbacks in there. And then you got Ohio State, who wins a night road game against Notre Dame by three, comes back. You got Michigan, who's not really played anybody, but hasn't allowed more than seven points in a game all season, I believe. You got Florida State, who initially defeated LSU, but it looks like LSU sucks right now, has two losses, no defense. And then Florida State goes and almost loses to Boston College, struggles against uh, Clemson. Yeah. Um, USC doesn't have a good defense. I think that's been uh, pretty evident with their games against Arizona, Arizona State and Colorado now. And then you got... I mean, Oregon I'm, looks. I'm Oregon not, might look like the most. That's what I was going to get to. Is like Washington teams. played Arizona with their backup quarterback and only won by a touchdown. But Oregon, although they only beat Texas Tech by three, I think most people think they're at, it's still a decent win, but only by three, and you had to come back to get it. But Oregon might be the most balanced team out of everybody right now. But still, it's like Penn there's, State as well. There's another team. <laughs> Yeah, Penn State struggled, but they've been able to win and manage things okay. But it just doesn't look like there's an elite team in college football right now that's separated themselves yeah. from the pack after five games. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it's it is kind of weird, you know. I think I don't think it's we're going to gonna make to it that. tough to come up with these power rankings too, dude, because dude, my power it's like if today, I'm going to justify dropping somebody down and bumping exactly. somebody ahead of them, that I could say the same thing. It's like, well, they haven't played anybody, and the good teams they have played, they've struggled with. So true. it's like. I don't really feel like changing mine all that much. But I even think, but I think Josh too, like this might be the first time I think in our lifetime where we've, where we watch college football, at least what we remember, we're like, there's not a team where like, that's number one. Like, and this is the first time, at least in a long time that I can look at and go, that team's not number one, right? That team maybe is number one, right? So I, maybe this is the first time since we've been maybe little kids that there hasn't been a true powerhouse in uh, college football. A 2007-esque season. Yeah, that could be too. Yeah, that was that was one of those years where there wasn't there was like what there was a ton of number one and twos in that year. It was always flip flop. Yeah, like every other week. Thank goodness we're on the BCS, man. There'd be a lot of people mad this year. <laughs> There'd be a lot of people <laughs> salty this year. Um, this is actually the perfect year to not do a fourteen playoff and do like a twelve team playoff because there's no great team. But um, no, I, I agree with you. I think there was some games. Uh, I do want to talk about that LSU game. Um, Give me your thoughts on the LSU game. Uh, like, what what is going on with these two teams, specifically LSU? But um, what were your thoughts as you watched this game and 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 caught what's going on, the stats and everything like that? Yeah, so I heard that Lane Kiffin is actually one in eighteen at Ole Miss against teams that win nine or more games in a season. So I still thought LSU was a team that could win nine games. Even told a friend bet uh, the Ole Miss money line this weekend. But turns out that LSU defense really does suck. 
And Who's I know that? Ole Miss also was coming off of a a loss the week before to Bama, coming back home, kind of in a wounded animal mode. Jackson Dart looked really good. This is a high-scoring game, not a lot of defense played. But uh, Lane Kiffin comes out, gets the win. Maybe this means that LSU is only going to win eight games or less this season. Or maybe it's going to end up being one of Lane Kiffin's better wins as a coach at Ole Miss. Either way, it was uh, a lot of a lot of bad defensive football. Yeah. I think LSU ended up missing 30 tackles in this game, which 30? that's 30, 30 missed tackles. In an Their secondary game. not only got burned, they could not tackle. Yeah, so oh my they I don't feel good about LSU playing. Or the Florida against, State win. That doesn't even look like a good win anymore. That's really what that's doesn't. what I'm saying is like initially it's like we've been talking about Florida State. It was like, well, they did beat LSU and they've beaten Clemson. It's like, well, Clemson was on ranked and still is on ranked, I believe, to this point with two losses. And they struggled against Boston College and hanging over 40 on LSU right now doesn't seem like that hard to do. Yeah, it, it's is it is it weird to you to see like an LSU team that just is really bad at defense? Like, this is defensive weird. back university. Yeah, they never are this bad on defense. Never this bad. They no, never I, are the team that like gets into shootouts like they have been. Like Jaden Daniels has played really good at quarterback they and they, really well, man. That and outside game, of Joe Burrow, LSU really hasn't had a quarterback yeah. like Jaden Daniels. Honestly, like the numbers that he's been putting up, it's been good. And we don't usually see like this is honestly like lost. what most Ole Miss teams end up being is like really good on offense and not really good at defense. And that's kind of what LSU's situation is and, right now. And they Jackson, usually aren't like that. Yeah. Jackson Dart looked amazing too. He looked really good. Um, the, Yeah. They, I mean, yeah, it's, it's just, it's a weird year, man. Like it's just such a weird year. Like just like looking at every game and everything like that. Um, what were some other games that maybe popped your eye? Was there any other game you're like, this was interesting. What about, let's talk about the Notre Dame game, you know, Notre Dame, Kind of yeah. did Ohio State. They didn't Ohio State, Josh. It literally was like identical of what happened to them the previous week. What did you think about that game against Duke? And were you shocked at all? I think that uh, Duke is a good team. I think that Notre Dame is a good team. And I think a lot of people still uh, have been sleeping on Duke this year. So the fact that Notre Dame, quote unquote, struggled, only won by a score against them, I, I wouldn't really call it a struggle. This was a game that was at Duke. Uh, I love Riley Leonard and what um, they've been doing over there. They've still only, I don't think they've, they've lost a game yet by double digits at Duke. They're always uh, competing with all their opponents. And hopefully I mean, it's okay a lot. too with Riley Leonard. Cause I know he got hurt at the end of that game. So yeah, hopefully everything's all right with him. I think this is the second game in a row that, um, let me make sure it is the second. Oh, not second, okay. Um, yeah, Sam Hartman. I I I forgot he, looked, he had a he, touchdown against Ohio he State, really but good man, he looked really good. They've been able to, yeah. Aldrich estimated two rushing touchdowns. Sam Hartman doesn't get a touchdown in this one. Only completes half his passes. Uh, the I think that's again like Ohio State's defense. Testament to them. This is a testament to Duke. Like this is a good team, and you can't count them out. People. Uh, I know we were talking about Florida State and Clemson probably meeting in the ACC championship at the end of the year, but it could be Duke and Florida State. Yeah, honestly, it could be. Uh, you know, Notre Dame would be the ACC. Cha- oh wait, no, they didn't join a conference because they don't. Wimps just annoys me every every time Notre Dame plays like a, like a a good team. You know, like I feel like if you're an independent, you should just schedule all ranked teams. Just be like. Screw it. I mean, that's what I'm going to do, but no. Um, 
Yeah, it's interesting that whole, you know, that game was a, I think it was a crazy game. It just was so weird thinking about how Notre Dame had to go through two of these games back-to-back weeks. Like, they've got to be gassed. Like, some of these dudes have to be gassed after two intense games like that. Um, I don't know who they play this week. We'll we'll talk about the matchups for this week. Um, but I'm very, I'm very interested to hear, you know, Josh, what about, you know, what did you think of, you know, Oregon? What did you think of uh, USC? Um Texas, any of these teams, like what do you think of some of these top teams this past week? Do you think they did enough to to kind of put maybe a little more exclamation point like, hey, we're a top five team, top ten team? I think that I don't really know what happened at the end of the USC Colorado game. I know that was uh, looking like USC landslide for a while, but Colorado scores 14 points in the fourth quarter and USC doesn't score any and it ends up looking a little more close than what most of the game would indicate there. Caleb Williams. Uh, Oregon. <laughs> yeah, Caleb Williams is good. I think he threw six touchdowns in that yeah, game. Really good. Oregon, while it was Stanford, 42 to 6, another really one sided game over there, winning convincingly. Um what was another one that was like, oh, um I think. Yeah, and then the Texas one, uh, that one was a little close for a while there, but yeah, uh Texas eventually pulls away in the fourth quarter and uh Jalen Daniels not playing that game, I think also helped and Let's also uh, throw out a mention of Oregon State beating Utah on Friday. Yeah, dude, that was – what a game. No Oregon Cam State. Rising still finally cost Utah. I was wondering when they were finally going to lose. And props to Oregon State for getting back on their feet after losing to Washington DJU, State the week before. Man. DJU. Yeah, the I, think Pac- Cle- I think it was a Clemson problem, by the way. I think it was a Clemson problem. I'm starting to think that. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, he was 14 to 25, 204 yards, a touchdown and a pick, but I don't even know if he was getting that kind of stat lines at Clemson. Yeah, I don't think he was. But, yeah, Pac-12 is going to re- get really interesting here once the teams start facing each they're other. Gonna be, they're going to beat each other up again. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering if one elite team will stand out from the rest, if if it'll be Oregon. Washington. I think it's going to be Washington. Penix yeah, it could really be Washington, good. too. It's got to yeah, feel it, good when... Gotta yeah. feel good when your quarterbacks are Caleb Williams, Michael Penix, or Bo Nix over That's there. That's true. Uh, you also look at Michigan. They had a, a dominant win. Uh, Penn State, they lost one of their starting running backs, so that that's going to be a rough, I think, rough go for it a little bit to see what goes on with there. Um, but let's that's enough with last week. Let's let's preview this week, and then we'll give you our power rankings and Heisman watch list. But any games this week, I know there are a couple good games this week, so... Josh is always ready to talk about some good games coming up on this this lovely weekend that's coming up. What do we got? Well, first we got the Red River shootout oh, with Texas and good. Oklahoma. Oh, it's going to be is, good. <laughs> this is going to be good. So this is uh, possibly Texas's second hardest game of the season, and that's it's going to be Oklahoma's first real test. Mm-hmm. Dylan We've Gabriel Oklahoma needs to do well. Beat He's up on, on my a fantasy lot of, team. He's on my fantasy yeah. team. He needs to do well. <laughs> We've seen Oklahoma beat up on a lot of bad teams, but this Texas team, you and me agree, this is no joke. They're strong on the offensive line and deep in the trenches. They got Quinn Ewers, a quarterback that could end up being a Heisman finalist by the end of the season. They had a really great running game against Kansas that we saw uh, this past week too. But yeah, Oklahoma, this is going to be that test for them and their hardest game of the season probably. Yeah. So maybe we'll we'll have maybe we'll have another Dicker the kicker moment. Maybe I doubt it because Gus Johnson's not going to be there though. Because Gus Johnson, I believe, is calling the uh, high state game this weekend. I think, mm. I believe so. So, 
Who, also happy. Think, by the way, in, in that game, who do you think comes out on top? I, we should we should do this. We you know we, we don't have to say a score if you don't want to say a score. But who do you think comes out on top at the end of this? Well, I'm picking Texas. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Oklahoma. I think Dylan Gabriel pulls out some magic. I think there's gonna be a little bit of a, a sooner running over the old Longhorns. Good old, good old downward hook them. All right, so I'm going to go Oklahoma. I'm going to go Oklahoma 38. I'm going to go, no, no, I'm going to go Oklahoma 45, Texas 42. I'm going to say this is a shootout. Well, I do expect it to be, but yeah, I'm taking Texas, and I think they might even cover their six-and-a-half-point spread. Oh, that that's a bigger spread. No, I thought it was. not going to be any sh- shutout though, like it was last year. Though I don't think that. Oklahoma what was that? Was that was I think sh- shutout. <laughs> yeah, I almost said shootout. I was like, no, it was a shutout. Yeah, rough there. Um, we got uh, another interesting Pac-12 matchup. We got Washington State and UCLA. Uh, UCLA is home and actually favored in this one. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I'm. Um, Maybe I'm not the best person to get betting advice from, but from what I've seen from Washington State and UCLA so far this year, I'd feel really good about betting Washington State to yes, Washington State at least points, and I'm then gonna, maybe that money line too. Yeah. I'm going to go Washington State in this one. I think uh, Ward is a very good quarterback, and I think they have a very good team, underrated team, and I think they're going to go yeah. in there and, and, and pull out a win. That's another one. Is like Washington State's beaten Oregon State. They've beaten Wisconsin. Yeah, they're, they're pretty like, good. <laughs> yeah, they got some good wins this year. Uh, then you got. Uh, Alabama at Texas A&M. Bama is a a one-and-a-half-point favorite right now. Uh, We know that this game has been close the last couple years. Texas Texas A&M looks good. Was able to win a couple years ago. Uh, Bama was able to squeak it out with Jalen Milrow uh, in last season's matchup. But both teams are 4-1. and I know Texas A&M is on ranked right now, but they haven't looked the worst. But uh, no Connor Wegman anymore, I believe. Uh, Season-ending injury, I think. Or going to be out for a while. Max Johnson's going to be taking over. So definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, but this game has been close the last couple of years, and I think yeah. it's going to be close again. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to take Alabama in this one. Uh, I think I'm going to take Alabama mainly because I saw Nick Saban do something he hasn't done in a few years, and that's scream the heck out of his assistant coaches and players. So you know when he does that, he's back to old self. And I think Alabama wins this by three touchdowns. I think it's going to be like a. I'm going to say 31-14. Uh, sorry, 34-14. Sorry, I, I miscalculated. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to say 34-14. I just, I, I just think Alabama is starting to figure it out. And the, the scary part is is that they can still win the SEC if you look at the SEC. And that's that's the scary yeah. part is that you just have yeah, them sitting there. Yeah, they are not there. out of it. Yeah, you just have them sitting there. So I think it's it's going to be close, I think, at the beginning. I think you're going to see it kind of back and forth. And I think uh, Milrow's starting to feel himself, like feel himself. He's starting to he's starting to get himself in that right mindset. And the defense is playing really well, or they're starting to play well. So um, I'm going to take Alabama by 20 in this one. Hmm. Yeah, Alabama's coming off of back to back two score wins over Ole Miss and Mississippi State. So I'd feel good about picking them to win by two scores against Texas A&M as well. Uh, also we got Kentucky at Georgia, as I was saying earlier, this is going to be Georgia's toughest game of the season. It'll probably be one of Kentucky's toughest games of the season as well. Uh, but both teams are undefeated in this one. Georgia is a 15 point favorite right now. Uh, worth noting that even though they struggled with Auburn, that was Carson Beck's first game on the road. Yeah. Uh, 
new quarterback in there, uh, going to be back on his home field for this one. And um, while Kentucky is undefeated, uh, they've been winning some in some kind of ugly ways. Do you want to guess how many passing yards Devin Leary had against Florida in that 33-14 win, Ben? I'm going to say 170. 69, 9 of 19. Excuse me, excuse me, what? Devin Leary was, it, was 9 wasn't of 19. Was a guy about a year and a half ago, one of your Heisman um, potential guys? I'm pretty sure. Not just mine. <laughs> going to throw that out there. It wasn't just me what, saying what was that. It, what was his name? I forget his name. What was that guy's name? He was on our show. You know, our favorite, favorite friend from, you know, Columbus area. I think it was Chris, wasn't it? Didn't Chris have him? Chris Crew, I yeah. think is his name. Yeah. 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 I think he was the guy. So, yeah, Josh was not alone on that. But now I think it's like but he's fell off the plant face of the earth, man. I don't even know who he is anymore when you watch him play. This is who you have to watch out for. This guy named Ray Davis ran 280 yards dude, and three touchdowns unreal, on that dude. Florida defense. Yeah. That Florida defense, man, looking legit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this season he's got 594 yards and eight touchdowns. So it's that's who you got to worry about. I feel good. I think Georgia's done well against uh, some other quarterbacks. I, I think they handled Spencer Rattler pretty well. Say what you want about him, but they were really fast when I was watching that game at. Uh, stopping screens and getting to the ball. Yeah, I'm going to, I think I'm with you. I, I think I'm George is going to win this. I think it's going to be two scores. I think it's going to be like probably one of those games where it's like 24 to 10. Like, I think it's going to be a low scoring from Kentucky's end, but I think Georgia, you know, Bowers gets a, gets going and, and I think they're going to have a good, good game. Yeah. Uh, I do have the Notre Dame matchup. They are playing Louisville, who is five and he's oh, also pretty good. <laughs> ranked number 25. Well, I don't know if they're really good or if it's just they haven't played anybody because that was a team that some people thought could maybe make the ACC championship game too just because of how easy their schedule is with the fact that they avoid both Florida State and Clemson this season. But that Duke matchup that they got looks a little more tough right now. That Miami matchup looks like a little more tough right now. And they have to finish the season against Kentucky, which we'll see what happens with Kentucky. I know they usually start off 5-0 and and then end up 6-6, and but Louisville, at least to this point, has defeated NC State by three. They uh, mopped the floor with Boston College. They beat Indiana only by one score. Uh, they shut out Murray State, and they defeated Georgia Tech by five. So those games, they've gotten a lot that they've uh, just barely gotten by. Um, Notre Dame is a six and a half point favorite in this one. It is at Louisville, though. Yeah, I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Notre Dame. I, I just I saw what I saw out of them on Saturday showed me a lot, and I think that they're finally gonna be that. I think they're finally gonna win a game by not having to go to the final possession. Um, I think they end up winning this game by, I think, at least two scores, uh, maybe something like 28-14. I, I just think Hartman's starting to figure out, that offense is starting to figure it out, that defense is is not bad. They're really a really good defense. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Notre Dame goes in there and, and, and beats Louisville. Same. Yeah, I'm taking Notre Dame as well. And I think the only other game worth mentioning – just because I think it's funny that they're still ranked and they're still a favorite, is LSU at Missouri. Both of these teams are LSU, top 25 teams. How is LSU ranked? Oh, boy. Yeah, they shouldn't be ranked right now. No. Uh, but they're a five-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at Missouri. And Missouri is a team that actually they're, has – They look pretty good. A, they look pretty has good. Has a decent win. Yeah, they had that, uh, that win over Kansas State uh, just a couple weeks ago with that 60-something-yard uh, field goal that they kicked to win it. 
Um, they are coming off of a one score win over Memphis and they just beat Vanderbilt by a couple scores as well. So up to this point, they've handled business pretty good. Unlike yeah. LSU. I, I do think LSU bounces back mainly because of Daniels and you know, the numbers he's putting up. I, I, the defense is bad. It's really bad, but I, I, it's hard for me to see them go, you know, have three losses within, you know, the first, whatever, you know, six games of the year. Yeah, they'd be three and three. Yeah. So I, I think they do squeak this one out. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be one of those games where I think they win, you know, near the end. I don't think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be like, I want to say like 38 to 34 or something like that. But I do think LSU comes out on top. Yeah, it's tough to say. They, like we said, they've gone against some good offenses with Ole Miss and Florida State and looked bad in those. I don't think Missouri's offense is quite at that level. Uh, but even still, when LSU played Arkansas, who's got KJ Jefferson, a solid quarterback, that was a game that LSU only ended up winning by three as well. So I think this is also going to be a a close one score game too. But I'll give I'll give advantage to LSU uh, in this one. I think they can come back and. Uh, bounce back from this coming out of wounded animal mode a little bit maybe but no it's it's not going to be anything pretty and should we it's a game that i will not watch that that is that is a fact <laughs> I, game i will be watching i think we can finish up on this one is the ohio state versus maryland game uh fun fact about maryland their strength of schedule before last week's game was like 150 50th there's not 150 teams in fbs that shows you how weak their schedule has been before last week against mm-hmm. Indiana. They beat Indiana. It only jumped up to like 133. Still not within the whole FBS. So it's it's kind of yeah. interesting. Um, so you know, you see, well, they're 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 five and oh. <gasps> but look, I, I want to be very clear. Their their defense has not faced an offense with the talent of Ohio State. Their offense is good. I won't give you Tua uh sorry, not Tua. Um his brother uh is is a very good quarterback probably the most a veteran quarterback in the big 10 they have some they have some decent you know athletes on the outside they'll probably test a high state a little bit and through the air because that's what they like to do um but i'm very interested to see a couple of things i'm interested to see with i state one does mccord take that step forward uh, does he have another big game where he he can do what do they do and then that's the other thing that goes with it do they lean on the pass or do they lean on the run um, I think you have to give Travion at least 20 touches, whether that's pass or run. Uh, I think you're going to see Trainum get a lot of carries. We saw him score the winning touchdown. Where's Mayan? Where's some of these guys? I, I don't know what's happening with the running back room, but um, I think you have to get Harrison going as well. So I'm going to say, you know, the defense is going to be good. We know that. Um, uh, and it's going to be a very – High-scoring game from Ohio State. I think it's going to be low-scoring for Maryland. Um, and I'm going to go with a final of 63-17. to 63-17. Mainly because every time Ohio State plays Maryland in Columbus, they score 50-plus. Now, when they go to College Park, that's when they've had issues with Maryland. So if it was in College Park, it'd be a little different. But I think uh, I say they figure out the offense and drop a 60 ball on uh, Maryland. And then, you know, maybe something else happens. We'll watch we'll just wait and see. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Maryland-Ohio State game? Uh, I guess first and foremost, the Maryland secondary, because they had some guys that went to the league this year and were drafted pretty high. And they're going to be replacing a lot of guys back there. So always tough to do when you're a, a team like Maryland that 
I mean, Mike Loxley does a really good yeah, job recruiting yeah, over there, and I think he's done. done about as good as anybody could at Maryland. But replacing some NFL level corners at a place like that is still hard to do. You don't get those all the time over there. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how those guys that they have now up to this point will match up against Emeka Ibuka and Marvin Harrison. And I'm also curious to see how also those wide receivers go because really outside of like the Western Kentucky game, the Youngstown game to an extent, I, I think that Ohio State fans would like to see a little bit more out of yeah, I agree. both Marvin and Emeka as well. And then the second thing is what you touched on already is Will they rely more on the pass or more on the run? Because while Kamal Court is slowly, I think, getting a little bit more comfortable and confident, I think the run game has been a lot more of a – or had a lot more involvement in the offense than what uh, we're used to seeing from uh, most Ohio State teams. So we'll see if that uh, trend continues. Maybe it's out of need or maybe it's just because it's what's worked up to this point. But we'll we'll learn a lot about uh, maybe where Maryland's at and uh, – I think more about where Maryland's at than where Ohio State's at from this game, honestly. Yeah, I, I agree, and I think it's a it's a big game for Ohio State to get uh, ready for for the upcoming uh, upcoming big games. You know, they have Purdue afterwards, not a big test, but then they have Penn State after that at home. Um, what is your thoughts? Do you think Ohio State over under Ohio State drops forty over under? Most years, I'd say yes, but I always gotta gotta take a second thought at it but <clears throat> i'll say over 40 over 40 i say over 60 because all in baby all in um no that is uh, that is uh, some of the games we decided to preview for today we will do right now our power rankings and our heisman watch list now i don't think there's much change from either of our lists to be honest i have this funny feeling because both josh and i are not we don't change every week because a lot of times we don't see the need to if, if no one's really made that that jump. Um, so let's start with power rankings. Josh, start from five up to one. I will say that last week, Aaron was very fascinated in some of your picks. So you're doing a good job. Josh. Yeah, I you're think Aaron it. has been very uh, reactionary week to week. I mean, this isn't any disrespect to him, but it's like when you look through some of his and he's got like, um, Jordan Travis there at three. It's like, I think he's still holding on to that LSU win over there, but that was also before we saw LSU against Ole Miss. So I think he, he may be open to changing that at this point. And then he also has Washington at one and I'm sure he would justify Georgia being at three because they haven't really played anybody or looked that impressive, but it's like Washington just and, is coming off said, now. As again. he said, this is what he said though. And he has said this, he said, at that moment, who he thought the best team and that moment was because he said, now, they might not be the number one team in the nation, but he believes at that moment, these were the teams that he thought were the top five teams. Like in that moment, as a power rankings, as the, the teams to beat, he felt like yeah. these were the teams. I just, I, I haven't seen enough from, and he had Florida State at two. I haven't seen enough from either of them to really make the same argument. Yeah. I think the same arguments you make for Georgia not being one, I could definitely do with both of those. So that's why it's like there's so much uh, parody, I think, in power rankings right now. And that's why I'm trying not to react too much. The USC one, right now the USC one, he, he got thrown off by you. When you did, when you did USC, he was like, interesting well that one. yeah they're not going to be there anymore because i've seen them go against <laughs> a kind of good offense and a great offense in two weeks and i think if they just play a team that has a decent offense and a better defense that it could be some issues for them so yeah, yeah that's a that's the first thing that's going to change my power rankings is that usc is out and i am ready to go ahead and throw them in here i got oregon at five. Oh, 
I like that. I like that. For me at five, you know, last week I had Michigan at five. Um, they will be moving up in my, my, uh, well, not really up, um, sort of up, but, um, five for me is Washington. Uh, again, I, I think Washington just maybe as much as I was saying that the Oregon's balance, I just think Washington, maybe just move just tad. I think or, Oregon would be like five B for me. Like it's just, it's, it's inches, centimeters, I would say. So right now I'm going to go with my gut from last week. I drop Washington down one, but I still have Washington at five ahead of Oregon. All right. Uh, number four for me is staying the same with Michigan there. I think that uh, we were talking about Michigan, like, are they going to score points? Like, yeah, we see the defense holding teams to seven points, but the offense yeah. is look kind of lame. But when you put up as much, and it's not like Nebraska is anybody to write home about either, but at least a Big Ten team, they put up over 40 on them like they're supposed to. So I'm keeping them at four for now. And the first time we've really seen them put up 40 points, like, easily. I think it's the first week where they really looked like Yeah, they, they did a lot of that, I think, early, too, in the game. Yeah. Got um, off to a good start. Yeah, and I, I'm agree with you. Uh, I have Michigan moving up from five to four this week. Again, nothing against Washington. I just feel like Michigan had more of a dominant win. Again, it's Nebraska. You can't really judge too har- harshly, but uh, I'm going to go with Michigan there. I think they are a top five team in the country, and and some people think they're the best team in the country. Let's let's hold on that. I don't think there's really any number one team in the country, but uh, they're definitely deserving to be up there in the top five. All right, Ohio State's staying at three for me, coming off a bye, so it's like there wasn't any reason to really change their spot in Michigan while they did, you know, pound Nebraska. It's like, it's like okay, finally they did it. Now I can uh, keep them at four, but I'm leaving Ohio State at three. Yeah, I'm going to leave Ohio State at three. I, again, I'm not going to move them up or down. You can't, you can't really penalize a team for not playing, and you also can't – I don't really feel like you can give them a head over someone else um, unless someone loses. So I'm going to do uh, Ohio State at three, I think, this week will be another test where they can they can show how that offense has improved uh, going forward. So then we have the top two, and and we'll I, we're we're going on the same page here, Josh. I like this. I like being on the same page as you. It's kind of nice. Outside of five, yeah, but uh, number two for me, uh, I am going to go ahead and drop Georgia from one to two here. Oh, wow! I did not. See I am that going coming, to, to be honest with you. It's. I don't. I didn't really want to do it, but you had to I send think them right a message. now, <laughs> I think right now there's a team that looks a little bit better on both sides of the football, huh. better at quarterback. So, yeah, okay, Georgia I, at two right now. I'm gonna go, I, the, the, I, dude. I don't. I don't like doing this, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put Texas at two still, and, and the only reason I have Texas still at two. I'm. I told. I told Aaron this last week, and I'm still going to stand by it. I'm very much like until you lose a game as a national champion for the past two years, it's really hard for me just to drop you um, mm-hmm. from that top spot. So for me, I'm very old, staunch that way. As great as Texas is playing, to be honest, they're playing like the best team in the country right now. The way they're playing, Aaron would probably disagree with both of us, um, but I'm more of like I see what I see is what I'm getting, and that there's no. There's nothing where I'm doubting, right? Like it's kind of like with a high state. Like right now, I don't really look at the team, maybe outside the offense a little bit, where I'm like, oh, this defense is terrible, right? I think you look at Texas; they're playing well in defense. The offense could be a little better at times, but hey, they're playing solid. So I'm gonna go Texas at two. Well, obviously, I'm putting Texas at one then, and I guess it makes sense that you're gonna leave Texas too because you think they're gonna lose to Oklahoma this weekend. That is true. That that well, is I don't. true. 
I know, I know you don't. You're very, you're very proud. And I think that's going to be uh, another win and a good offense with a good quarterback that uh, Texas is going to be able to go ahead and add well, to their resume. Because, and, like yeah. I said, they've been playing some bad quarterbacks, yeah. some down quarterbacks, some backup quarterbacks, and that's really the only knock I can have against them because they've looked good in like all facets of the game. Yeah, and again, I think if they beat Oklahoma, then yeah, for sure they're going to be probably, probably my number one. But again. To me, my number one is Georgia, and that is just because I think Georgia, again, I, I can't knock a team for, you know, I, again, it's, it's so hard with Georgia because they look great. Like, when they want to look great, they look phenomenal. Like, that half against, uh, was it Boston College or whatever it was? You know, they're, 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 were they losing it? Was it Boston College they were losing to? No, South Carolina. You're right. They're losing South, South Carolina. Carolina, and they decide, hey, we're just going to drop freaking 20 points or whatever it was in a row. Like, you know, like... That's how good this team is. So I'm going to keep Georgia at number one. All right. So now moving on to our Heisman watch list, something that we always love so much. Um, this one could be interesting because I think we could shift. I, I, there are some shifting going on in, in my my list a little bit. Probably not what I want, but hey, we're going we're gonna to shift a little bit. Uh, Josh, why don't we start with you? Last week, obviously, you had Dylan Gabriel, you had Cam Ward, Bo Nix, Michael Penix Jr., and Caleb Williams. Um, Aaron had some mixtures in there. Jordan Travis being in there was very fascinating to me. I didn't tell him that, but I thought that was very fascinating. Um, and then obviously I had Quinn Ewers, Dylan Gabriel, Caleb Williams, Bo Nix, and Michael Penix Jr. Josh, who's number five for you? Number five for me, um, I'm going to go ahead and make a change here at this point just because I'm going to go ahead and uh, put some of my predictions uh, into this since I think that uh, Texas is going to win. This weekend, I think that that means that Quinn Ewers is going to have a big game, uh, make people forget maybe a little bit about what Dylan Gabriel has done this year, and I'm going to go ahead and drop Dylan Gabriel out of my top five and put Quinn Ewers in at five. Fascinating you would do that. Very fascinating. Good job. Good job. Dylan's still playing good up to this point and oh. probably has an argument oh. to stay in the top five. But... I got you. I got you. I got you. Um, I'm I'm going to I'm going to do something. No, I'm not. I, I had a change in my head, but I'm not. I'm gonna keep Quinn Ewers at five. I was thinking about dropping him for uh for Cam Ward, but no, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep Quinn Ewers at five. Even if he loses against uh, Dylan Gabriel, I still think he's been one of the top six pe- six players in in the country. Um, again, there's not any running backs that are really showing off. There's not any really wide receivers or anything like that. So for me, I'm gonna keep Quinn Ewers at five. Uh, he's been really solid and 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 a good quarterback for and a quarter and uh, high state developed. So obviously he's gonna be good. All right, number four, I'm leaving Cam Ward there. I don't have any uh, knocks against that guy. He's got it. Yeah, he's doing good. While it wasn't, uh, what was it, Cam Rising playing? Or not Cam Rising, different game. Never mind. But Cam Ward's still looking good. Was it DJ he played? Yeah. It was Um, Oregon State, Utah, yeah. But Cam Ward's still looking good. I'm leaving him at four. Yeah, I'm going to, at four, I'm going to keep Dylan Gabriel. Again, I think if they go out and pull a win, like I think they will, then he might shoot up the list next week. But Dylan Gabriel, I think he's been very solid. He has not made many mistakes. Um, he's been very consistent, and which that's all you can ask for if you're Oklahoma, is just be consistent, make the throws you need to, and go win us some games. Number three, keeping Bo Nix right there. I'm fascinated you didn't bring him up more. I feel like you, I, I thought maybe you would have jumped him up a little bit. But hey. There's just the guys that are above him are beating him in the totals right now. I think that. 
like I said, Oregon's in at number five for me now. It's the highest yeah. ranked Pac-12 team I got, but I think there's better quarterbacks in the conference at this point. I this this is my there might be some people that will uh, hate me in the comments still because last week I got some rift from some of my um, players that I have. Caleb is at three. He's staying at three for me, and and I know I I know I'm gonna get people saying, well, he had six touchdowns. He looked good. I'm like, yeah. I just think overall through the whole season, Bo Nix and Michael Pence Jr. have looked more fluid through the whole year. And part of that is because they were beating teams and he was only playing a half or whatever. Don't care. To me, when I look at a team, and I guess this could be also the fact that I know they're probably not going to give him the Heisman because they're not going to try to do it two years in a row. They just they they just don't. And it's not happened since Archie. I don't think it's ever going to happen. I just think that it's too many politics with that. They want to keep that the way it is. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say Caleb Williams at three and I don't care if I get flack in the comments. Don't care. I don't really don't care. It's my show. Don't care. Um my pick. My show. Uh Josh Josh has his picks. It's his show. It's both of our shows. Like literally it's it's our show. So deal with it. I'll talk more about Caleb Williams later, but right now I'm going to talk about my number two. Heisman oh, stop it. You pick. do not have Caleb Williams at one. Shut up. Stop. <laughs> Michael Penix is at number two. As I just said that, as I was just telling people. I don't Leading the nation in passing yards. It's great for Michael Penix. Yeah. Uh, it's what we expect of him at this point. Uh, but yeah, I do have somebody that I think has played a little bit better up to this point. So oh. Michael Penix is at two. Well, Bonex for me is at one. I'm sorry, not at one. At two. <laughs> He's not at one. Uh, no, at two. I'm going to keep him at two. I, I think Bonex has played phenomenal, like I said. Um, he hasn't played a full... He's only played, like, I think, two full games, is it? is it? He only played, like, two full games, right? I think it is. Something like that. Maybe two, um, yeah. But he he's looked really good when he's in there, and and he's looked solid. Um, he's looking like the bow that I think Auburn wish he was, right? I always yep. think about it. Look at the bow that Auburn wish he was. Um, but yeah, he he's he's been playing great, and I I think he's the best, second best player in, in college football right now. Right. Yeah, number one, Caleb Williams. The secret is out. Not like Caleb Williams, Ben. Last year threw forty-two touchdowns. Yes. This season, through five games, is already halfway there. Agreed. Meaning he is ahead of schedule to outperform what he did last year. I I know that. Mm -hmm. Only one interception this year. Yep, I got that. Yeah. Completing 74.5% of his passes with 1,603 yards. Sounds good. It does sound good. Good enough to be number one in my book. And I think you're right. You bring up a valid point that winning the Heisman twice is hard. Most of the time, you got to just blow out your numbers from the from the previous season and at least at this point he is on pace to I, I do guess, that so I have I guess no reason to drop fear, him out I guess my other fear for him uh, this is not about this didn't go into my ranking idea but I'm just saying in the future if he like he has they have to go undefeated for, I think for him to get a chance to second Heisman like I if they lose two games which it's very possible they lose two games because their defense sucks then I don't know if you keep him up there. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like Heisman wins is a huge thing now. Like, you can't be six, seven and five and and go win the Heisman. It's just not. Yeah. Possible. And last year it was kind of like by default. So this year he he definitely would have to like really go out and win it. Yeah. Be a, being a playoff team would help. Obviously, that means you got to win enough games. But yeah, yeah. For me, number one is Michael Penix. Uh, I've been. I think he's been on my number one since like the second list or maybe even the first list. Uh, I just I love what he's doing. Uh, he's phenomenal. Uh, it, the way he passes the ball, the, the wide receivers he have, by the way, 
some really good underrated wide receivers in Washington. The defense is okay. Again, I think he's one of those guys going to benefit from winning the Pac-12 and going to the college football playoff. Um, but yeah, Michael Penix Jr. is my number one guy. How about that? How about that? Um, I mean, it's it's one two for sure. It is and for well, sure one two to me, but it's yeah. one three for your book. And it's still it's still close. But we will uh, finish up the show by briefly talking about the MLB playoffs, the Major League Baseball playoffs. They're going on right now as we are recording. The series might be almost over when when I finally post this. But um, Josh, let's briefly have a moment of silence for our Reds and Guardians. One second. Okay. Um, we had a moment of silence for the Reds and the Guardians. The Reds blew it. Like the Guardians were kind of not really in it most of the year, but the Reds literally had a chance to be in it and they just decided to not have pitching because that's what the Reds do. They get all the young bats and then they forget to develop pitching. Um, so we saw Joey Votto's last game, which he could be his last game. We don't know. He gets ejected. Classic Joey Votto. Um, we see a lot of other things going on at the end of this year. Um, give me your thoughts on the major league season overall. And then uh, let's talk about playoffs as we finish up here. Yeah, I think uh, one of the most surprising things is that uh, the Baltimore Orioles are not only in the playoffs, but are the number one yes. seed in the American league. Shocked a lot of people. Saw that coming out of when nowhere. We thought, when we thought the Rays were going to be that team to end up just starting off with 20 straight wins to start yeah. the season or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. Unreal start for them, but is, yeah, your, cool down. Yeah, what is your They're thoughts still in the, the playoffs? But what is your thoughts on the Reds? Like, I, as a Guardians fan, like I know you're Guardians fan, but like, as if you look at what the Reds did last year, they lost 100 games, and what they're doing this year, like, what do you think of that? The way they're approaching. Yeah, I mean they they finished above 500 this year, which I think still exceeded expectations that we had before the season started. So yeah. I think we recalibrated our expectations a little bit when we saw uh, what they were doing in the the heat of summer and then i mean ellie de la cruz i mean continued to make he flash plays but he cooled off a lot overall yeah with a lot of the numbers yeah but still gotta be happy with the young talent in there uh maybe now that they have seen a full season of what they do have uh maybe they'll be a little bit more aggressive in the off season maybe uh make Just some pitching. trades to fill in some of those weaknesses but that's my perspective as about your guardians I think. What about your Guardians? What do you feel? Yeah, I mean, Cleveland was supposed to win the division this year because, one, it's the worst division off baseball, and, two, they won it last year uh, with uh, one of the youngest teams in the league. So, basically, everybody was going to be back and just didn't pan out that way. It looked like uh, the coaching staff and the front office were never on the same page. The substitutions and trades were never made until it was too late, and now we go into an offseason where we're uh, trying to figure out who who the heck is going to – be getting hits in the future because that was what sucked so bad i love how you just like just blatantly said they're the worst the worst division in baseball i love it they are did you did you know that cleveland didn't even finish second in this division they finished third who they finished behind the white Sox, minnesota who won the division and detroit detroit oh yeah i forgot about detroit detroit finished two games ahead yep and we said goodbye to miguel cabrera hats off miguel cabrera thank you for the memories so a hall of fame career a phenomenal player as well as Joey Votto probably hats off to him Adam Wainwright you know a lot of those guys that are going to be hanging up their hat uh, which is is awesome to see and it's it's sad at the same time Um, but yeah there's a lot of great young teams out there that are doing phenomenal Um, you look at the you look at the playoffs the first games that just happened I think it was like the rookies were the ones that were setting the show so it's kind of cool to see Um, but Josh look at this postseason all right we look at this 
Let's give our predictions, not for each game, not for each series, for World Series. We look at this, we see the teams. Again, we we could be wrong within two days. Like literally legit, we could be wrong. What I, I would say this, what are what is um yeah, your prediction for the World Series, and then we will talk about who you think the MVP uh for each league would be um at the end of the year. So let's look at World Series first. Prediction, who's gonna be in the World Series and who's gonna win it? Uh, for me, I think uh, out of the National League, it's it's the easy choice, but I'm going with the Braves. Come in as yeah, the one seed with 104 wins. You got they superstars hit, like had, Matt Olson. By the way, slugging percentage, by the way, I don't know if you saw, was over 500. The only team ever to have over 500 slugging percentage. Not over 500. Yeah, it was mm. not, five, not 500. Yeah, it was 500. No. What was it? I think it was 500. Hold on. Let me check. Let me check before I get my numbers wrong. Braves okay. slugging percentage. While you're on that, I think yes. the Dodgers became the first team in history to have four players with 100 RBIs. Yeah, they um, yeah, they're the first team to have over 500 uh, slugging percentage. They had a 502 slugging percentage as a team. Mm. That is, and Olsen had another great. By the way, who do you pick? We'll talk about MVPs. Acuna, who had an amazing year, or Olsen, who had 30, who had 50 plus bombs and 138 RBIs. It is it is wild to think about, but anyway, yeah, Mookie Betts is in the mix too. But yeah, I really like uh, Ronald Acuna. I think the forty homer, seventy stolen bases yeah. is we'll, just insane. We'll get there. So we got the Braves for you at the NL. Who out of the AL for you? They're probably the most experienced team in the playoffs of the American League, and it's the Astros. And I know they lagged behind for most of the season. Only led the division, I think, twenty four days this year. Had to deal with their own injuries. And stuff, but any and I know they didn't perform the best this season, these guys. But anytime you got a rotation with Framber Valdez, Christian Javier, and Justin Verlander, that's just scary to me. And you could do a three got, rotation, fine. <laughs> yeah, you got to have three solid starting pitchers to to do well here. And when you got a lineup that's got guys like Alex Bregman and Kyle Tucker Altuve. and Jordan Alvarez and Altuve, it's I'm always going to look at that like. It'd be cool if Baltimore was able to make a run as young of a team as they are, like the new kids on the block. But I think that experience definitely is helpful. Uh, Tampa Bay, they had the hot start, kind of cooled off, had to deal with some injuries and uh, things like that. Uh, Minnesota in the playoffs by default because they won the Central. Someone had to make it out of there. Nothing really scares me over there. Uh, Texas is, I think, building something, but not quite there yet. And then Toronto, I mean, they're an exciting team to watch, but then, I mean, it's tough to hope it's tough to make it when you haven't won 90 games, but we've seen teams like the Phillies in the past heat up at just the right time and make a run and almost win it entirely. Yeah. So I, yeah, it's honestly, anybody in the MLB really has a good shot. If you got good starting pitching, good bullpen can hit home runs. I think those are always important in postseason baseball, but I like Houston out of the American league versus I, the Braves out of the national league. I like the Braves out of the National League. I just think they're going to be uh, they're just hard to beat, man. They're just 104 hard to beat. wings, they got some, 231 they got some good, run differential. They got, some, they got some good pitching, Strider and some of those other guys. Um and then I look at the AL and I'm going to have to go I'm going to stick with it, man. I, you know what? I'm doing it. Baltimore Orioles, I'm going to be bandwagoner. I don't care. Hmm. Baltimore Orioles are going to go to the World Series, so it's going to be Baltimore Orioles versus Braves, which we never usually see one and one meeting up in the World Series, but I think it's going to happen this year. Um, and then my prediction to win it all is the Baltimore Orioles. Yes, don't care. Hate me in the comments. Do not care. I'm sticking with it. I'm bandwagoning. 
We're going to Baltimore Orioles, winning it all, winning the World Series in seven games, calling it now. Mark it, clip it. You all know I'm going to be right. Just wait. Yeah, that's all I got to say. It'd be really cool. If I'm right, you got to you got to admit that's pretty pretty cool if I'm right. I mean, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I I don't actually know what the general public thinks out of the American League. I know the the Braves are getting a lot of talk out of the National League as well as the Dodgers, which makes sense, but in the American League, I think that's the more wide open race and I don't know how many people are thinking Baltimore as the one seed as the young team or if uh, anybody's like in my boat where it's like Houston or if anybody's like no, it's going to be Tampa Bay. Yeah. I don't know. So who who do you got? Who do you got winning it all? Braves winning it all. Too much star it. power to ignore. I love it. Then we will finish up by saying our NL and AL uh, MVP predictions and Cy Young predictions. That's where we'll finish the show up today. So give me your NL MVP and your AL MVP. NL MVP, like I said, it's Acuna. I think he's the first guy to get 70 yeah, steals and 40 yeah. homers in a season. And he also... Nearly won the batting title, hit 337, had over 200 hits this year, so he can do it all. Love that dude out of the National League. Uh, you can make arguments, I guess, for Matt Olson, who led in, uh, I think, uh, maybe slugging percentage, RBIs and home runs and all that. Great job filling in for Freddie Freeman, who we weren't sure uh, if that, how that trade was going to work out, but looks like it's going okay for them. But Acuna out of the National League. Over in the American League, I think it's uh, – Maybe a little bit more of an argument for a couple guys, but I mean, you look at guys like uh, Otani, who looked like he was going to be the MVP most of the season, oh, and then sure. had to yeah. had to get shut down early. Uh, I wonder how much uh, people are going to hold that against him. They didn't get to play the last month, but that's somebody that he still hit forty four home runs with a month to go. <laughs> still led the American League in home runs. Yes, he did. Ridiculous. And uh, I'm not sure where he. Uh, OPS as well. He and it as OPS. far as strikeouts goes, that was another stat that he was really high in. But still, being one of the best pitchers and one of the best hitters in the American League, I think, puts you in the mix. But other guys that I think uh, you can include uh, in the talk, maybe like Corey Seager, a guy that hit 33 home runs, fifth in the American League, and also was uh, second in batting average would be one. Helped his team get to the playoffs. But, yeah, I... I might lean Shohei by default. I'm not going to hold the pitching injury against yeah. him, but it did I, suck to see his season get cut short. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go for me. I'm going to go National League. I was really close to taking Matt Olson, but I just I after you started talking it started making more sense like dude, 40 home runs, 70 stolen bases. That's just unheard of. He hit 3 almost 340. It's unheard of. Um <laughs> I'm going to go Acuña. And then I'm going to go with you as well, Shohei. I, you know, Josh, for the last few years, I've been a whole bunch like, if you can do both, you should be MVP, most valuable player. And that is Shohei Otani. When he's on the field and he's healthy, he's the most valuable player on your team. He can do both things very, very stinking well. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm going to go Shohei Otani uh, in the AL for that. And then give me your Cy Young winners for the National League and for the AL, your predictions. Cy Young out of the AL first. Do it. All right. So a couple of different ways you could this go here. This should be easy. I feel like this should be a very easy one. Easy? Yes. At least in my opinion. I hate the guy, but I think I'm going to go Garrett Cole. 
that's exactly who I'm going to go with, and that is an easy one for me. Like you look at his numbers, it's not even cl- there's yeah. Nothing close. Yeah, led the American League in quality starts. Uh, led the American League in ERA. I think he was third in strikeouts. So I mean, that, that's a lot of a uh, lot of dominance and a lot of the main stats. And then had 15 wins, which is second in the American League. Yeah. On top of it too. So Garrett Cole. Yeah. Hate the guy, but gotta gotta respect the season. Yeah, that's who I got in there. And the NL for me, I got uh, I'm gonna go Blake Snell. I, I did I didn't think I was gonna go that way. I'm gonna go Blake Snell. Uh, Snell, 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 Snell. There we go. Snell. <laughs> I'm go Blake Snell. He had a I think he had the lowest ERA and I believe the lowest uh batting average against, I believe. Um yes. I just I think he he just looked very dominant on a team that, by the way, should have made the playoffs. I don't know how the Padres didn't make the playoffs. I don't know what's up with like Southern California teams, just like in other sports as well. Like they're do so well stat wise and then just can't win games. So um, very fascinating with that, but that's who I got winning NL Cy Young. Yeah, I am. I am amused by Spencer Strider winning 20 games to lead the national league and also throw one strikeouts to also lead the national league. So that's that's the thing though like you said the 386 era it's kind of interesting it's like dang that kind of is interesting that yeah <laughs> he's winning this many games and he's this hard to hit but still yeah blake snell with the, the the wins i mean on a team that didn't play a good that's like the last stat that i usually look at is the wins but 225 era to lead the league and i think also like you said the lowest batting average against that's that's straight up dominance right there yeah. so blake snell for me as well and there it is that's our show for this week. I hope you loved uh, loved hanging out with us. I know we're loving being back together in the same place. <laughs> like I said, it's not the same without Josh. Uh, Josh makes the show a lot more watchable. Uh, let's be honest. When it was just me, it was very boring. But then we added that beautiful face, and uh, it just lit up the room. Um, so, no, we appreciate you guys listening. hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, make sure you leave us a thumbs up, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell. Let us know that you love what we're, what you're watching. Cause, uh, we have a lot of things going to, uh, going to be happening, obviously with different sports happening, all the craziness of football. Hey, we're here every week to give you that news, to give you those updates. Um, I'm sure we missed them things. Let us know in the comments. If you want us to talk about something different, I'm sure we can try to find time, but Hey, like I said, this is our show. This is my show. This is Josh's show. Josh's show, my show. It's the way it works. We like to have fun. We also like to hear what you want to hear as well. And if you listen on Spotify, make sure you share the link with those friends and family. Have a great weekend. And until next time, we'll see ya.